Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Dustov, and this is The Score, the official podcast of the sport of team roping. This is the Team Roping Journal's semi-weekly podcast, highlighting the team roping industry's top talents and influencers through stories that inspire and connect ropers. We sit down with ropers from the professional ranks, as well as industry icons and producers to delve into topics that make the team roping world tick. This is season two. It will feature even deeper interviews, storytelling, and issue-based coverage, and we are so excited you're here. Hey everybody, this is Chelsea and welcome to The Short Score. Today I want to take a little bit of a break from the craziness that we had in Las Vegas. If you were listening to this podcast or caught back up on all of our round winners, there was so much going on, so much to review, all kinds of numbers, all kinds of team roping, all kinds of intensity. So today we want to take a step back. We want to talk about somebody choosing to step away from that crazy, to step away from that cycle that uh, that rodeo can create. And that's why we're going to tell the story of Coulter Todd. We wrote this story a few years ago, and it's one of my proudest pieces in my time at the Team Roping Journal. So I hope you all enjoy The Road Home, The Culture Todd Story. Before we get started on this episode of The Short Score, it is brought to you by Cosequin. They're the number one veterinarian recommended joint health supplement brand. With Cosequin Original, Cosequin Optimized with MSM, Cosequin ASU, and Cosequin ASU Plus, there's a formula suited for all horses at any stage of life. Our $10 rebate on ASU and ASU Plus large tubs gives you back an extra $10 on our most advanced formulas. Learn more at CosequinEquine.com. When performance matters, choose Cosequin. Driving through the looming granite rocks of Texas Canyon on Arizona's Interstate 10 in early January of 2008, a 24-year-old Coulter Todd passed seven-time world champion Jake Barnes' rig somewhere between Tucson and Wilcox. They were both heading to the Sandhills Stock Show and Rodeo in Odessa, Texas, ready to start the new PRCA rodeo season. Todd, fresh off his second WNFR qualification with Cesar de la Cruz, picked up the phone to check in with Jake, who was roping with Clay O'Brien Cooper again that year. I made a comment, just talking, that 20 years from now, we'd still be making the same trip to Odessa, Jake, who joined the PRCA in 1980, said. I don't really know why I made that comment, but maybe that planted a seat for him. No, he wouldn't, Coulter told Jake. Jake laughed it off and reassured Coulter that he would. I said the same thing over again, Todd, now 34 and ranching in Wilcox, said. I wasn't going to be driving to Odessa in 20 years. Coulter Todd was born in Wilcox at his family's ranch, where four generations of Todds still live today. He went to the Joanne Todd Christian School, started by his grandmother years earlier, through 8th grade with his two brothers, Dustin and Tyrell, and his sister Savannah. His parents Larry, everyone calls him Rooster, and Lori ran cows and rodeoed and homeschooled the kids through high school. Coulter was horseback any time they weren't studying or going to church. And from a very young age, Coulter had his mind made up on a few uncompromising ideals. He wanted to make the NFR, and he wanted to raise a family back home on the ranch in Wilcox. I worked hard when I was in school, so I could be out of school as much as possible, Coulter said. My heart's desire was both schooling and cowboying, and that's what I did. Coulter grew up close to his grandfather Larry, now 81, from whom Rooster believes Coulter got his decisiveness. When he said he was going to do something, that was it from the very start, Rooster said. If he was going to do something, he was going to do it. He would get done with the junior rodeo and he'd have trouble with the calf roping or team roping, and we'd get home at 11 or 12 at night and he'd go out to the barn and rope the dummy and work at it for another two hours. 
That's how his mind works. I always knew deep down he didn't want to be a rodeo cowboy. He wanted to be a ranching cowboy. He wanted a place of his own and cattle. That was his ultimate dream, but along the way he wanted to go to the NFR. Lori, a two-time Ram National Circuit Finals rodeo qualifier, ran barrels with Caesar's mother, and the future NFR partners met in the dirt parking lots of barrel racing jackpots, roping everything that walked. When a lot of your friends were trying to get you in trouble, Coulter would always try to keep you out of trouble, Caesar, now 34 with nine NFR qualifications to his name, said. I'd go visit the Todds quite a bit from the time I was 13 until I was 17 or 18. They were such a great family, they'd take anybody. They always were branding, moving cattle. They'd keep me out of trouble. It was really easy to get in trouble in South Tucson. You couldn't get in trouble at Coulter's place unless it was horse trouble, and that was usually not the worst thing that could happen. When Coulter and Caesar weren't roping goats in the arena they built at the ranch, they were junior rodeoing, where Coulter met his future wife, Carly. Carly was born in Montana, but her parents got sick of ranching in the snow and moved the family to Cave Creek, Arizona, when she was just 12. Her dad shot horses and eventually opened the famed Dynamite Horseman's Supply. Handy even then. Carly barrel-raced, goat-tied, pole-bended, breakawayed, and cut. Carly was a year and a half younger than Coulter, and the duo started dating early in high school. Coulter, who healed in his younger days, won the Arizona High School Rodeo title in 2002, behind neighbor Tanner Reeser. But as high school rodeo came to an end, Coulter was ready for a change from the Arizona cacti and desert sunsets. A famous family acquaintance, Mel Potter, acclaimed AQHA breeder, former PRCA board member, and father of world champion barrel racer Sherry Servi, stepped in to make that adventure possible. If you ever wanted to write a story of how God works in somebody's life, I'd be the one to write it about, Coulter said. Mel had hired a guy to ride colts, and he quit. He called his daughter, JoLynn, who called my dad. We knew them from training horses. Dad came to me and wanted to know if I wanted to work for Mel at their ranch in Wisconsin, and that sounded like a great new world and opportunity. I called him, and he said, how soon can you get here? That was a Tuesday. I said I would be ready when I finished my schooling that week, and he had a red-eye flight for me Monday morning at 4 a.m. Sherry, already a two-time world champion then, was off the rodeo trail that year after the sudden death of her husband, Mike Servey Jr., in a plane crash the year before. I got to visit with Sherry a lot during that time about what a person needed to be successful, Coulter said. I also remember I asked her if I could get married young and really make it work. Sherry told him that yes, of course he could, and after making a long-distance relationship work with Carly over his summers in Wisconsin, he popped the question. Carly went to the National High School Finals Rodeo that summer engaged, and they were married at the First Baptist Church in Wilcox that next March. Coulter and Carly went back to the Potter's Place in Wisconsin the next summer. He had joined the PRCA, and he healed for Mel and other friends at the Great Lakes Circuit. He also got to meet a young healer named Corey Petzka while working for the Potter's, too, who he'd eventually buddy with to make three NFRs. I'd never been around somebody that was so ranchy, that's for dang sure, Corey laughed. It was cowboy boots and cowboy hats every time we went to town, to the movies, anything. I'd never met anybody as punchy as Coulter. He loved roping and he loved ranching, and he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to make the finals, then start his family. Coulter got his first PRCA win in 2004 at the Heart of the North Rodeo in Spooner, Wisconsin, and picked up wins at the Glenwood City Championships and the Lincoln County Rodeo Days, both in Wisconsin. At the same time, Coulter came across the horse that would carry him to three NFR qualifications and most of his $423,140 in career winnings. Mel really wanted me to ride one of the horses he raced. I told him to pick me one, and we'd make him. 
That was the horse we called Frisco, and he was registered as P.C. Lonewood Ike. I just wanted a horse under me. I was healing mostly. I won the number nine shootout at the U.S. Finals on him back in the old number system. Then I went to heading. With their first baby on the way, in 2005, Coulter swapped to the head side for good and started entering rodeos with his junior rodeo pal, Caesar. Coulter had Frisco, and Caesar had his iconic Johnny Ringo, and they hit the road for their first year of full-time pro-rodeo competition. He was the reason I was so successful early in my career. We had the same goals. We wanted to win rodeos, make the finals, and live our childhood dream. I was really spoiled in my career, having him as my header first. Even then, after just one year on the headside, he was one of the top headers going. Coulter and Caesar's style matched the rodeo young guns they were. Aggressive. I liked to win first, Coulter admitted, partly because I was always into the trinkets. It was just fun. That first year, Coulter finished 22nd in the world with $32,220 won, and Caesar was 19th with $33,149. Coulter roped with Idaho's Ryan Powell in the 15th shootout at the U.S. Finals, in Oklahoma City that year and won the average and the short go fast time, picking up 38,900 a man. Some people are over aggressive and try to do things they can't do, Ryan said. Coulter's the kind of guy who, whenever he did something, he was pretty sure he could get it done. When I entered that roping with him, I thought if I did my job every time, then we'd win it. I let him take care of the special stuff that day, and we did good. Carly and a very young Madeline came on the road when they could leaving their place in Marana, Arizona to spend time with Coulter. Carly, who still rodeoed to make the turquoise circuit finals as often as she could, had horses at home and went to the Todd family's Wilcox Ranch to visit on weekends. I didn't go to Texas often in the winter, Carly said. He'd come home as much as he could during that time. My favorite thing would be California in the spring and the Northwest in the fall because we stayed with such great people. In July and all that, I just didn't go as much, but Madeline and I would show up and surprise him when she was little. Coulter and Caesar got on a roll in 2006. They notched the biggest win of their careers so far at the Cheyenne Frontier Days, with Frisco standing out in that setup, punching their tickets to their first NFR. Walking into the Thomas and Mac to break in the steers, that was a cool moment, Carly said. It really sinks in that it all paid off. Watching him compete and getting to be there because he had worked so hard and really deserved it, it was really special. They placed in two NFR rounds, winning the eighth round. They'd also won the U.S. Open at the USTRC's National Finals of Team Roping that year, each banking 50000 In 2007, Todd and De La Cruz gave themselves a fighting chance at a world title and had another great year jackpotting. They won the Wildfire Open of the World in Salado, Texas, and the West Star Open in Ellensburg, Washington. They won rounds 6 and 9 at the WNFR and earned $93,958 at the finals alone, finishing third and second in the PRCA World Standings, respectively. By the time Coulter made that fateful phone call to Jake in the winter of 2008, the rodeo road had worn on the young cowboy. He had his first son on the way, and his daughter was growing like a weed. He'd made his mind up to notch a few NFR qualifications and earn a little money with a rope to start his ranch, and he'd done just that. Coulter, a devout Christian, began talking to God about where he would go from here. When Coulter and Carly married four years earlier, at 20 and 18, they'd never discussed how long they'd rodeo. Lying in bed one night after the spring rodeos, Coulter turned to Carly and said he was thinking about being done and moving to the family's place in Wilcox. Carly, who'd not grown up ranching, was a bit wide-eyed. We were young enough when we got married that we didn't really talk about where we saw ourselves, Carly said. And then at that moment, we were rodeoing. 
We had a place in Marana, and it was just what we were doing. I asked him what he wanted to do, and he said he wanted to raise kids on the ranch. I was really set on him finishing the year. I didn't want him to quit before the end of the year. He and Caesar were outside the top 15 when they got on a plane from Cheyenne to Salinas, California in July. They weren't placing when they left the daddy and were needing a few big hits before the end of the year if they wanted to take a shot at their third trip to the NFR. Sitting on that plane, road-weary Coulter looked out the window, closed his eyes, and asked God for an answer. I needed a clear-cut answer. Should I quit? Coulter said. I wanted to quit and really be done. My desire to travel was completely gone. I said, that's it. It's true about any job. If you don't love that job, don't do it. I don't care what it is. My desire to be out there, it was gone. It lost the pizzazz. If you don't have that drive in any sport, whether it be the win or the loss or the travel, if the will to drive all night to the next one is gone, then man, do something else. The next day at Salinas, Coulter sat down with Caesar to talk about his decision. But he was worried Caesar wouldn't believe him and he wouldn't get in a hurry to find a new partner, a top-notch header. He said he was missing his family an awful lot, Caesar said. The traveling was never good for him. The roping part, he loved that. He told me at Salinas he'd give me the rest of the year, he'd give it his all, but whether we made the finals or not, that was his last year, and I knew he was serious. The duo's goodbye tour ran through the Wrangler Pro Rodeo Tour Championships in Dallas, where they tied the then-world record with a 3.5-second run in the semifinals and won the finals. They won the PL of Washington Pro Rodeo and headed to their third NFR. They placed in three rounds at the finals, heading into round 10, and both Todd and Carly felt at peace before Todd backed into the box on the brown mare he called Spice, who he'd ridden the Thomas and Mac the last two years. Caesar had found a new partner, a new young kid and friend of Coulter's from Saba Del Cai, Arizona, named Eric Begay, who rode a paint horse and had just made his first NFR with Caesar's uncle, Victor Eros, and wanted to buy Coulter's Spice, too and Coulter and Carly had managed to save enough to get started on a place next to Rooster and Laurie and Wilcox. So in round 10, he could really let his hair down. The very last year I ran in the Thomas and Mac, I won the round, Coulter said of that $16,767 a man payday. I got to go out with a bang. I wasn't one of those elite, great headers. It was just fun. We did a lot of good, and we won a lot of rodeos. Coulter always instilled in me, rodeo is a roller coaster ride for sure. That the tough times are tough, Carly added. At the end of the day, it was a God-given opportunity and gift, but this isn't what defines us. I just said, okay, we'll do it. Looking back now, I know God was leading me. I'm so grateful that he decided to come home and raise the kids on the ranch. They made the six-hour drive home from Las Vegas to Marana the next day, packed up their house in just two days, and headed to Wilcox, where they'd be 22 miles from the nearest store, 16 of those miles on dirt roads. I didn't know what I'd do, but I knew where I wanted to be, Coulter said. I slowly got a managing job for a guy that neighbored my folks, and it just went from there, and it's been a dream. I had a lot of people calling to go to the winter rodeos. People would try to talk me into it. Your word is about all you have in this life, and I would love to be remembered as somebody whose word is good. I said I was quitting, and I said I was done. If I were to go to any rodeo, especially the big ones like San Antonio, Houston, and win, you can't tell me you wouldn't have to keep going. Some guys quit with a stipulation, like they'll keep going if... I didn't want to put myself in a situation where there was any stipulation. Now, the Todds run limousine crosses, known for their feed efficiency and their lean meat, crossed with other breeds to produce more marbling. Then they work with wolf feedlots in Nebraska and Wisconsin. Carly, who was once unsure of her unfamiliar role as a rancher's wife, 
Can't imagine her life anywhere else. I really wasn't so sure about it all when we first got here, Carly, who at the time had a newborn son, Coulter Lee, and four-year-old daughter, Madeline, said. When we first moved, we didn't have TV for a whole year. We finally did get TV because the next December, I said I was calling Dish to get it because of all of our friends were at the finals. I got TV so I could watch all the people we knew. Coulter is still close friends with his old rodeo buddies, Corey, Caesar, and Derek, who, even though they don't quite have it in them to quit the rodeo lifestyle, look up to Todd and the decision he made for his family. I thought he'd quit rodeoing, but I didn't think he quit roping, 2017 world champion Corey said. I didn't think he completely quit everything. He went to one amateur rodeo with me, and everybody was giving him heck, and that was the last one he went to. He wanted to make sure when he retired, he retired. Coulter did make one major exception to his no-nonsense retirement for Corey in 2010, when Corey knew months in advance that he didn't have a partner for the 2010 BFI. He began harassing his rancher buddy for one more shot at the feist. It took a lot of talking, Petska said, because he told everybody he was retired. But at the end of the day, we were good enough friends, and he knew I was in a bind, and he helped me out. Carly entered Reno that year on a good horse they'd raised named Bouquet, the gray that Derek Begay right now rides at the long score rodeos and jackpots, and Coulter decided he could help Corey and take the trip to support his wife. It was exactly how I remembered it, Coulter said. If you're confident and on a decent horse, you'd have a chance. We had a couple legs, and I made him rope them because I would handle the steers. But I could still do it. I could get us back in the roping if I went at them. We didn't win anything, but it was something. Since then, Coulter's been focused on his kids, Coulter Lee, now nine, Traven, eight, as well as his daughter Madeline, 13. The Todd's still raise great horses, Potter ranch bred horses crossed on other standout studs like a streak of fling and blazing Jetalina. Madeline, at just 11, qualified for the barrel racing at the American semifinals in 2016. Coulter Lee loves to rope with his dad in their arena at the house, where they keep anywhere between 10 and 30 heifers to rope at any given time. Coulter Lee has even picked up Bronx at local high school rodeos put on by their neighbors, the racers of Salt River Rodeo. Travin found himself in love with bucking stock, so at just eight, he's got some bulls from Owen Washburn. We rope for fun. It's what we do. I don't care if they catch or miss. We're having a good time, and that's it. We'll see that what they want to do. I can't say. If they want to, and it's one of their dreams, I'll be there. The kids have an idea about how great their dad was, but not because he tells them much about it. They know Derek, and they know about the NFR a little bit, Coulter said. They watch old tapes, but not like I did when I was a kid. They know Uncle Will, Will Woodfin, who's married to Savannah Todd, ropes, but they don't follow it all year or anything. Coulter's kids might notice the Cheyenne buckle he wore until two years ago, when it got so thin with wear he took it off his belt, replacing it with the buckle he and Coulter Lee wanted a Labor Day family rodeo. He still wears his red Cheyenne finalist vest on cold mornings in Arizona, paired with a wild rag and shaps. Coulter might be more practiced up with a king ropes ranch rope than he is with the fastbacks he used a decade ago, but there's no doubt in his friends' minds that he could be just as tough today as he was then with any sort of loop. He'd be back at the NFR this year if he wanted to, Corey said. He's so talented. He'd have a good partner and be back with a chance to win the world, but for him, there's not ever been that thought. There's not a story good enough you can tell about Coulter, Derek added. People say everyone is a good guy all the time, but when you share thoughts and cowboy stories and hanging out by the fire with someone, you know what they want in life. You know what really makes up a good guy. Listening to a person pray, you find out a lot about somebody, how they think, how they live their life, and work with an animal or live off the land. I think of him as one of my best friends, which I don't have many of. 
but he's kind of my hero too. I always looked up to him and wanted to be like him. He's one of the first guys I'd actually talk to about life other than roping. He was a friend outside the arena. Still, that's who I talk to to this day. I talk to him more about life than anything else. He's a Christian, a rancher, and a cowboy. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Short Score. It was presented by Cosequin, the number one veterinarian recommended joint health supplement brand. With Cosequin Original, Cosequin Optimized with MSN, Cosequin ASU, and Cosequin ASU Plus, there is a formula suited for all horses at any stage of life. Our $10 rebate on ASU and ASU Plus large tubs gives you back an extra $10 on your most advanced formulas. Learn more at CosequinEquine.com. When performance matters, choose Cosequin. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Cosequin Horse.